I just can't believe that it's almost Thanksgiving and then Christmas is just around the corner, but it is already. And as I found myself looking towards another Thanksgiving day already, I began to consider the difficult times that we're presently struggling through as a nation. It seems like in tough economic times like this, when inflation is raging and unemployment just, just does not want to change in a positive way, uh, when the economy just seems to be falling apart, are there still things that I can be thankful for? Are there things... I can be genuinely thankful for. You read the newspapers, or you may look through one of the weekly news magazines like Time, Newsweek, U.S. News, and World Report, some of those magazines, and I'm telling you, it's enough to cause the most optimistic person to be concerned about their future and wonder where things are, are going in this world in which we live in. And sometimes we do wonder if there is really much to be thankful for. Each day it seems like we're just bombarded with the increasing number of homeowners who receive foreclosure notices. It may not be that uh, serious in the Lewis Clark Valley, and yet there are people that have experienced that around us. It seems like uh, every time we go to the grocery store, <clears throat> I'll hear comments like, Look at the price of that. Look how that's gone up. Can you believe what that costs now? And escalating grocery prices just seem to be a part of the life you and I are living in right now. We look across our nation and we see dramatically increasing fuel prices most of the time. Sometimes they'll go down a little bit, but it's never for long and they're headed back up. We hear reports of floods around the world, raging wildfires, we're in an unresolved credit crisis and record-setting unemployment rates. And many folks who had counted on beginning to draw on their retirement accounts have watched them just kind of dwindle away to nothing. They've begun to build back up for a lot of them, but still it's reason for concern and problems. And then college. Uh, I was telling someone what I paid for the first year of college, and I won't tell you right here this morning. <clears throat> but it's nothing like our grandkids are, are facing. In the next several months, for the first time in our nation, the amount of college education loans is going to surpass the total credit card debt of our nation. And it's not in millions of dollars. It's just terrific. To many folks, it seems like things are getting worse and worse just moment by moment. But yet, are things really that bad? Why does it seem as if one crisis just follows another? Are things really as bad as it seems? In the New Testament, in the writings of Paul, uh, we have an individual there that I concluded a while back that he must surely have belonged to the Jerusalem chapter of the Optimist Club. Now, I'll admit, Paul had some pretty tough times. 
he had some real challenges during his life. He had times that he went through that would have discouraged a lot of folks. But uh, yet, he, he went through these times, and again and again, we see him encouraging people, encouraging people and thanking them for what they had done. Listen to his words in his letter to the Thessalonians. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now let me read those words to you as they're in the message. This Bible paraphrase, I I really appreciate the way it's worded. Be cheerful no matter what. See, now Paul would have liked that. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you to belong, you who belong to Christ Jesus, to live. I know that that you and I have known people, or maybe we're around them during during the week. I'm sure there's none here at church like this. But we're around people who carry a face that has is so long that if they had a smile, it'd scare the kids in the neighborhood. You know people like that. We rub shoulders with people each day who see prayer as a foreign language. I mean, they couldn't relate to what Paul was saying right here when he says pray all the time. Oh, they may go to church and think it's the church leadership who should be doing the praying. Oh, they may say a blessing at a meal when they think of it. But they just simply don't go with that business of pray all the time. They can't understand why Paul would say that. And we know people, yes we do, we know people who seem unable to find anything for which they can be thankful. But did you notice Paul's last words in those verses that we read? He said, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In other words... To be joyful always, to be always praying, to be sure and give thanks no matter what the circumstances might be, is part of God's plan for you and for me. Sure it is. Now, he didn't say that it would be always real easy, but it is God's desire for us. It is. It's his plan for us. I made a comment a little bit ago about the Apostle Paul probably being part of the Jerusalem Optimist Club, if they'd had one in his day. Uh, Now, you know there, there actually is such an organization, an Optimist Club. Optimist Club International. The closest chapter that I'm aware of, unless one has been started here in recent years, is in the Tri Cities. So, Duane, if you want to join, You've got to drive back and forth. But there is an Optimus Club International. In fact, in 2004, a chapter of the Optimus Club International was established in Baghdad, Iraq. The the new chapter, they held their organizational meeting, in fact, in one of Saddam Hussein's palaces right in downtown Baghdad. Uh, What a place to start your Optimus Club. But I was intrigued by 
what this worldwide group calls their Optimus Creed. Listen to this. This is in their bylaws. To be so strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. To talk health, happiness, and prosperity to every person that you meet. To make all your friends feel that there is something in them. To look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true. To think only of the best. To work only for the best and to expect only the best. To be just as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are your own. To forget the mistakes of the past and press on to the greater achievements of the future. To wear a cheerful countenance at all times and give every living creature you meet a smile. To give so much time to the improvement of yourself that you have no time to criticize others. To be too large for worry, too noble for anger, too strong for fear, and too happy to permit the presence of trouble. Now, I realize there's nothing said about God in any of that list that's part of their creed or the Optimist Creed. He's not listed. But as I read through those and thought about what I had just read, I had to wonder if it wouldn't change the character of all of our churches around, across this country if the folks present on a Sunday morning would subscribe with God's help to live according to that creed. Now, I'll admit, there's things like this that we can find in God's Word, and this is simplifying some things, I assure you. But pretty good stuff. You know, I think that if, I think that God would be pleased if every person in all of our churches would simply agree, set the creed aside, but simply agree with Paul to be cheerful no matter what, pray all the time, and thank God no matter what happens. I think that would please him. Allow me to relate a story this morning that uh, is one that a number of you, I'm sure, have already heard, but it's really a good reminder for us, especially at this time of year. A young woman, her name was Sandra, felt as low as the heels on her Birkenstocks when she pulled open the door to the florist shop against the cold November wind. Her life had been as sweet as a spring breeze, and then in the fourth month of her pregnancy, a minor automobile accident had just stolen all of her joy. This was Thanksgiving week, and the time she should have delivered their infant son, and she grieved over their loss. Troubles had multiplied. Her husband's company had threatened to transfer his job to a new location. Her sister had called her up just a few days earlier and said that she wasn't going to be able to come to Thanksgiving. It had been a long-awaited trip they'd looked forward to. She couldn't come. And then, then, 
Sandra's closest friend, suggested that Sandra's grief was no doubt a God-given path to maturity for her. And it would allow her to, to empathize with others who were going through times of suffering. And Sandra thought, she has no idea at all what I'm thinking. She has no idea at all what I'm feeling or what I'm going through. Thanksgiving? Thankful for what? Thankful for a careless driver whose truck was hardly scratched when he rear-ended me? For an airbag that saved my life but took the life of my infant son? Good afternoon. Can I help you? The clerk said. And Sandra was startled for a moment. She had been in her own thoughts thinking of other things. And the clerk said it again. Can I help you? Oh, I, 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 guess I, need, I guess I need an arrangement. I need a flower arrangement, Sandra said. For Thanksgiving, the clerk asked, do you want the beautiful but ordinary or would you like to challenge the day with the customer favorite that I call the Thanksgiving special? I'm convinced that flowers tell stories, she continued. Are you looking for something that conveys gratitude on this Thanksgiving? Well, not exactly, said Sandra. In fact, in the last five months, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong in our lives. Sandra just immediately, she regretted that outburst and was surprised when the clerk replied, Well, I have the perfect arrangement for you. Then the bell rang on the door at the front of the shop as someone came in and the clerk greeted this new customer. Hi, Barbara. Let me get your order, the clerk said. She excused herself and walked back into a, a workroom and then quickly reappeared, carrying an arrangement of greenery, bows, and what appeared to be long-stemmed, thorny roses. But there were no flowers. They'd all been cut off. The roses were gone. They were just ugly, long-stemmed, thorny roses. Do you want these in a box, the clerk asked. Sandra watched for the customer's response, thinking, oh, this is going to be good. Was this a joke? Who would want roses without the flowers? She waited for laughter, but neither the woman nor the clerk laughed. Yes, please, the customer replied with an appreciative smile. You'd think after, after three years of getting the spatial, I wouldn't be so moved by its significance. But I can feel it right here, all over again, she said as she tapped her chest. The customer left the, ch the shop moments later, and Sandra kind of stammered. She said, uh, that lady, that lady that just... Uh, she left with no flowers. That's right, said the clerk. I cut off the flowers. That's the spatial that I referred to. I call it the Thanksgiving Thorns Bouquet. Oh, come on. You can't tell me someone is willing to pay for that, said Sandra. Barbara came into the shop a few years ago, three years ago, in fact, feeling much as you do today, explained that clerk. 
She thought she had very little to be thankful for. She had just lost her father to cancer. The family business was failing. Her son had gotten into drugs. And she was facing major surgery. That same year, I lost my husband, said the clerk. And for the first time in my life, I was going to have to spend the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, alone, on my own, by myself. I had no children, no husband, no family nearby, and too much debt to travel anywhere. So what did you do, asked Sandra. I learned to be thankful for thorns, answered the clerk. I've always thanked God for the good things in my life, but I had never questioned him why those good things happened to me. But when the bad stuff hit, when the hard things, I would cry out, why? Why me? It took time for me to learn that dark times are also important to our faith. I've always enjoyed the flowers of life. But it took thorns to show me the beauty of God's comfort. You know, the Bible says that God comforts us when we're afflicted. And from his consolation, we learn to comfort others. Sandra kind of sucked in her breath as she remembered the thought that that friend of hers had tried to tell her. And she said, I guess, I guess the truth is I just don't want comfort. I've lost a baby, and I'm angry with God. Just then, someone else walked into the shop. Hey, Phil, the clerk spoke out. She greeted this kind of bubbling, chubby, balding man. My wife sent me to get our usual Thanksgiving arrangement, he said. Twelve thorny, long-stemmed stems. He laughed as the clerk handed him a tissue-wrapped arrangement from the refrigerator. Are those for your wife, Sandra said? You mind telling me why she would want a bouquet that looks like that? No. I'm glad you asked, Phil replied. Four years ago, my wife and I were ready for a divorce. After 40 years, we were in a real mess. We had had it with each other. We were ready to give up. But with God's grace and with his guidance, we trudged through problem after problem. The Lord rescued our marriage. And Jenny here, the clerk, told me she kept a vase of rose stems to remind her what she had learned going through the t stormy times. And that was good enough for me. I took home some of those stems that year. My wife and I decided to label each one of them for a specific problem and give thanks for what that problem had taught us. As Phil paid the clerk, he said to Sandra, I highly recommend the special. I don't know. I don't know if I'm thankful enough for the thorns in my life, Sandra said. It's still all too fresh. It still hurts. The wound's still open. Well, the clerk replied carefully, my experience has shown me that the thorns make the roses more precious. We treasure God's providential care more during trouble than at any other time. Remember, 
It was a crown of thorns that Jesus wore so we might know his love. Don't, don't resent the thorns. Tears began to stream down Sandra's face. And for the first time since her accident, she began to loosen her grip on her resentment towards God and towards people. I'll take those long-stemmed thorns, please. All twelve. I'll take them, she choked out. I hoped you would, the clerk said gently. I'll have them ready in just, in just a minute. Thank you. What do I owe you, Sandra said. Nothing. Nothing but a promise to allow God to heal your heart. The first year's arrangement is always on me. The clerk smiled and handed a card to Sandra. I'll attach this card to the arrangement, but maybe you would like to read it first. Sandra walked up, took hold of the card, and read, My God, I have never thanked you for the thorns. I have thanked you a thousand times for the roses, but never once for the thorns. Teach me the glory of the cross I bear. Teach me the value of the thorns in my life. Show me that I have climbed closer to you along the path of pain. Show me that through my tears, the colors of your rainbows look much more brilliant. Friends, I wonder, as we go into this new week that contains our Thanksgiving holiday, I wonder if I couldn't challenge you this morning to be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens to you. Thank Him even for the thorns. For like Paul says, this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live.